Oh, hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews and 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. If you haven't worked it out by the title of this podcast, we are doing the movie Love Actually this week. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and I am joined this week by two of the most Christmas-loving people I've ever come across in my entire life. Uh, first of all, Ko Tatsu, how are you, Ko? Ho, ho, ho. Welcome back. I'm what, happy did you just call us? <laughs> <laughs> ho, ho. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Stacey, you're a ho. <laughs> oh, no, I, I didn't, I didn't I go. go. I, I didn't, Me I and Macho are cool with being hoes. I just did two Stacey hoes. What does what Santa have three kitchens for his what? ho, ho, hoes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried to tell that I tried to tell that at the work party, but I worked with about 20-odd females, so I had to hold it off till today. Uh, I've just checked a record number of female listeners. <laughs> have just dropped off our podcast. <laughs> so the other person I'm talking about right now is Mr. Machu Tauro. Welcome back, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me back. And um, after the last two uh, uh, podcasts where I had to sleep on the couch, um, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, taken a hiatus from the alcohol, um, sober till Christmas, which is tomorrow. Um, so as long as I don't dick dastardly myself and crash at the finish line tonight, we should be okay. Good man, good man, good stuff. <laughs> So yeah, so I can't even remember which one of us picked this movie. Um, actually, I think it was Machu. Definitely Machu. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Machu. I thought we were throwing up jokes. I was like, oh, that'll be hilarious. Actually, that's the best one. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> so anyway, the movie Love Actually. Uh, IMDb currently have this rated at 7.7 and Ron Tomatoes have this at 63%. But Machu, what would you rate this movie out of ten thousand? <laughs> well, seems I I I was the one that put it out there. <laughs> Obviously, it's pretty high. I can't. Um, I'd say. Um, maybe an eight and a half thousand. It's probably one of the better Christmas movies there there is out there. Do, do you mean out of a hundred thousand? I mean, out of a hundred. <laughs> but you, Ko, who would you rate this movie out of? 10, well, this is one of those movies that definitely gets exponentially worse with re- repeated viewings. <laughs> so what you're saying is, you hate it, but you continue to watch it over and over again. Well, yeah, go, going to bed at. 10 to 12 last night watching this movie again specifically for this podcast is not one of the best life decisions I've made. We'll just have a bonus question here. Do you reckon it would be more embarrassing if your partner found you watching this or watching porn? Um, <laughs> I'd be more embarrassed. <laughs> actually, actually, when I was watching it, my partner was busy doing something upstairs. Watching porn. Because yeah. <laughs> she had watched it the other day and her comments were exactly that. I can't believe you're watching my favourite mo- Christmas movie without me. Uh, so what was so, your score? Yeah, what was your score there, Co? 3,400 out of 10,000 springs to mind. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm happy with that. I must that. admit, when I first watched this, I, I thought it was all right, but... It's been tainted by the number of Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve and all these other movies, that, yep. these big ensemble romantic comedies that – actually, why am I going on about this? No one's forcing me to watch those movies, so why do I care? <laughs> hey, we're all adults here. You can just, just open up and tell us who you really are, Sam. A little, little bit of love into <laughs> my heart. You're a sensitive, romantic guy who loves love, actually. Yeah. I mean, I – I actually love love, actually. <laughs> I'm going to give it a passing grade. I'm going to give it 5,200. Uh, actually, I no, I'm going to raise that to six thousand two hundred, purely because of Alan Rickman. God, I love him. So anyway, R.I.P. Alan you're, Rickman. If you're not going to watch the movie, I mean, we've sort of already given you a plot, haven't we? But you, Kahu, do you want to give us a plot for the movie since you were so adoringly talking about it? Uh, so this movie uh, mixes nine intertwined stories, as they 
try and keep things going during the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An- anybody there? Anybody there? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the plot of the movie. Now, as I said at the start of the podcast, what we do is we do review this movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it that we come up with ourselves or we get some fans to send in some questions and we pick the best from them. Uh, so we start with an all play, finish with an all play, and we all take turns to ask three questions in the middle there. Now, we had a lot of fan questions come in, but the number one one that we picked, because they came in about three times, well, from some serious fans of this movie, uh, Emma and Kylie, that you two both pretty much gave the exact verbatim same question. Liam Neeson's character constantly goes on about how much he's in love with Claudia Schiffer, and then Claudia Schiffer actually plays a character in this movie. She has a five-word cameo or whatever. So she she got paid £200,000, or about $400,000 in New Zealand, just for two scenes and five words. Whereas the actor Chris Marshall, who plays the guy that decides to go to America and tries luck over there and ends up hooking up with three of the hottest women you've ever seen, uh, he actually decided at the end of the day, you know what, I don't need my pay packet, I'm going to turn it in. Today's been such a treasure that I don't need. To, I don't feel like I deserve to get paid for this. So the question that the girls want to know is from us guys, what would we have picked? Would we have picked 400 grand for a five-word cameo or would we have turned in our pay packet just to have a scene with January Jones, Elijah Cuthbert and some other random hot chick? Yeah, I think um, that 400K is pretty hard to turn down, <laughs> eh? So I, I'm going to say I, I would have taken the 400K. But, hey, if it was those three American girls and we just switched the scene and it was the um, the, <laughs> the, the, the the scene where, they, um, where they're filming a porn shoot and the, the guy's massaging her breasts and those four girls were there, yeah, then there would be some serious um, soul searching to figure out exactly what kind of man I am. It's amazing, the tightest and man in the say, world. <laughs> I'm going to say the tightest man in the world might have to give up his paycheck on that day. Oh, this is phenomenal. This is a <laughs> first in much Toro history that is actually considered saying no to money. And this is amazing. What about you, Co? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Chris Marshall probably should have taken the money. Um, last time I looked, uh, I think he's maybe on a show called Death in Paradise, which I've never watched. So <laughs> I, I think, think this was <laughs> probably the apex of his career. And actually, if I look at his wiki page, it says he suffered head injuries after being hit by a car in Bristol in 2008. What's with English people and like getting into trouble in Bristol? Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> that was the Ben Stokes thing, eh? Yeah, yeah. He was taken to Bristol Royal Infirmary where a scan revealed head injuries. He made a full recovery and began his performance at the play Fat Pig three weeks later. Marshall supports Aston Villa FC and has said that a card from the club helped him through his accident, but it sure didn't help Aston Villa from getting relegated in 2016, <laughs> did it? So he clearly didn't return the favour. <laughs> Some interesting facts there, Sounds like a curse, doesn't it? More than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should have taken the money. All those girls. Have we seen those girls in another film? Like, um, let's think about this. Like, Alicia Cuthbert, she's, she's out of the mix now. She did Girl Next Door in 24, and then you didn't really see that much of her afterwards. Yeah. January Jones has had a career. She's been a Mad Men, and she was in one of the X-Men movies. She's been quite famous, whereas the other one, I had no idea. I Chris Marshall, has he derailed those poor girls' careers <laughs> just from meeting them? He's taken down Aston Villa. He's obviously broken some guy's truck in Bristol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not also forget that he appeared at the end of the movie with Shannon Elizabeth and Denise Richards. That's right. Who also have long since lost any sort of a, like illustrious career, really. Well, one of them married Charlie Sheen, and that's probably the the worst thing that can happen to you. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to take the money. I'm trying to pay for a wedding at the moment. 
So who's the tightest fisted person in this room now, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hurley? <laughs> oh, I'm backed into a corner, bro. Look at this, this wedding thing is just killing me. So anyway, Kahu, you're going to start us off with your first set of three questions. Hi, I'm Colin. Has to be one of the worst names to introduce to a girl. What do you think is the name that's least likely to be a hit with the ladies? Well, my middle name is Colin, so I'm going to say <laughs> Colin is a great name. <laughs> and I, 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 I think he just got it wrong when he said, hi, I'm Colin. He needed to say the next part, which is, hi, I'm Colin, God of sex. And that yes. would have won. I think that would have won the day. You know, might not have won every day, but it's going to win a few. And I have a big gnaw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with probably this, one of the weirdest names I've ever heard. I'm going to go with Machu. It's like, <laughs> hi, I'm <laughs> No, no. But no, it was a serious aside. Uh, when I worked over in England, there was a consultant named Richard Raper, and he would, <laughs> yep, and he would ring up and go, hello, it's Dick Raper here. I need to speak to somebody. And no shit, I'll never forget the first time he rang me, the, the bloody call centre staff rang me up and like, hey, Sam. And I'm like, hey. And they're like, yeah, hi, I've got a Dick Raper on the phone. I was like, I do not need to know your problems. <laughs> Which one I of my arsehole friends are right ringing now. me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hugh Grant appears surprisingly adept at being Prime Minister. What is the best quality he has at being Prime Minister? And how would you compare? <laughs> well, I'm going to say I thought his best quality is jealousy. The old green-eyed monster had reared his head when he walked in the room and he saw the American president getting cozy with his um, secretary. And um, he's, <laughs> not, he's, not, he's not quite here. the gangster that the American president is. He's more like a, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. See you later, bro. <laughs> hey, we're mates. Hang on just a second. Fuck you. I'm jealous. And I, I, I think I share a similar quality. To <laughs> uh, I, I reckon his best quality is he does house calls. Wandsworth or something like that? Yeah. The dodgy the bad end. end. The bad end. Of, <laughs> he goes around the dodgy end of Wandsworth singing carols and saying hello to people. I think that's a really good quality. Uh, there's no way in hell I'd do that if I was Prime Minister. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> there's a lot of accomplished actors in this movie, uh, like Liam Neeson, Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson. Even Martin Freeman, before he made it big as Bilbo Baggins, and that's a little Tolkien humour there (laughs) uh, for all you Lord of the Rings fans. Surely they all must have really, really needed the money. But do you think that Bill Nighy, in his character as Billy Mack, is just secretly taking the piss? Yeah, I think it is. I think he's phoning it in. I think he's living up to the character, which is... Some guy writing a god-awful Christmas song just for the money. Yeah. And he kind of sets the scene for the god-awful Christmas movie by the very first scene is him talking about how his song is a pile of shit. And I yeah, thought he yeah, was yeah. actually talking about the movie. So if you've got big expectations for this movie, let's just bring them right down. By it's just a pile of shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that takes me on to my first set of three questions. Bill Nighy famously talks about how he had sex with uh, Britney Spears and it was great. And then he goes, oh, no, no, I'm lying. She was terrible. But what do you guys reckon? Do you reckon Britney Spears was good in bed? Yes, she's amazing. <laughs> we, we didn't, I didn't spend a whole day in seven form watching Hit Me Baby one more time on repeat. <laughs> I think that must have been seventh form at that time. Yeah, oh, it totally was. I, I think I'll agree with Bill and just go no, just for the sake of it. <laughs> Bill seems like a knowledgeable guy. He's a man of the world who's been around a bit, so... I'll take his word on it. <laughs> cool, fair enough. He fair is enough. the only one that's ever said an honest thing during a radio interview. So you got to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe he's, true, honest, yeah. he's honest Joe and he's um, telling the truth. On Radio Watford. <laughs> okay, guys, so next up, Liam Neeson. Would you rather have the this character as your dad or would you rather have the Liam Neeson character from Taken as your dad? Oh, this is a tough one. 
I mean, you've got a choice between a ruthless killer and a dad who gives the impression that he watches Titanic regularly with his son. (laughs) His son's, what, 10 max? Mm. And I don't know if the artist or the carriage scene is more appropriate in Titanic than innumerable Eastern European stereotypes. (laughs) The Love Actually one, although he's an annoying, um, uh, you know, he plays this sort of annoying... Um, whingy sort of character. I, I think I'm going to go with that one because um, he does he does eventually meet Claudia Schiffer. Now that to me is a straight up in for meeting new models, and she's an older model, so she knows the industry. So that tells me I'm gonna I'm gonna meet the world's best looking girls. I'm gonna have an endless supply of cocaine. I'm gonna go to <laughs> all the parties. <laughs> you know, a pop star. You know, that's free, that's man. basically my life set from about twelve to thirty six. So. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> and and on the other side I've got you've got the taken Liam Neeson, so um so no, I don't want a revenge hit you know, put out on me every every time he wants to go for a trip overseas. So yeah, I'll go with the uh, love actually uh, Liam Neeson there. Carol the funny Lewis, the funny yeah. thing about it is Carol is my wife's name. Normally any actor that's named Carol in movies is the biggest dud, and it's my favorite thing is to <laughs> laugh at my wife every time <laughs> Carol the dud turns up in the show. And this time it was Claudia Schiffer, so she gave she laughed at me. Feel her pain every time a Sam pops up in a fantasy movie or TV series like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. He's some fat, useless guy that can't do shit. <laughs> Yay! See, I I kind of disagree with you guys. Like at least the Taken Liam Neeson, like the dad separated from the mum, so you probably don't see him all that much, and he just buys you expensive presents when he does see you to try and make up for it. Whereas you're kind of stuck with this one. Your mum's died. And the other thing, too, is he said to the kid at one point, if I meet Clara Schiffer, I'm going to have sex with her in every single room in this house. And then he ends up with a girl that looks exactly like Claudia Schiffer because it is played by Claudia Schiffer. So your dad has had sex with that woman in your bedroom at some point. Motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that's bad parenting right there. Yeah. Really bad parenting. He says it to her. It's worse parenting, though. It's worse parenting getting kidnapped by an overseas um, yeah, true, drug cartel yeah. or whatever, you know, prostitution ring. Yeah, I don't know. You get to see Sold the world, the though. Like, you get to go overseas for a bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> My honour belt. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the lower the lower end crime here is that your dad had sex in your bed, not that you. He did sound him out about it though. Ring. He gave him advance warning. So I mentioned it before that uh, Hugh Grant's character, the Prime Minister, shows up on a couple of doorsteps singing Christmas carols and looking for a random woman. How would you guys feel if come tonight? There's a knock on your door and there's our Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. All smiles and singing carols. How would you guys react? Well, I, I think it would actually be a really nice change from people trying to sell me two-year electricity contracts. Oh, yeah, yeah. As, as long as she wasn't singing Christmases all around. I'd probably ask if she wanted to join us for dinner. She's had a massive year, and her cat died as well, and that's really sad. Mm. I can just imagine her just um, using some kind of political sort of strategy in those carols, though. It's like, <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, I'm raising your taxes. <laughs> Hope you don't have any kids because you're not getting any money this year. (laughs) I'm kind of surprised again, talking about the tightest man in the world, that you're not (laughs) standing there on the doorstep going, fuck, this is where my tax money's going. (laughs) Are you coming around That's exactly it. I'm not. Actually, I guess a a three-year government contract isn't too difficult from a two-year, or too different from a two-year electricity contract, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Cool, so much of your first set of three questions. 
All right. So uh, during the movie, there are a number of inappropriate boss-employee relationships. Is this movie actually romantic or encouraging a spate of sexual harassment cases? I don't think this movie's very romantic whatsoever. This is this is like I've got serious issues with this movie. It's incredibly creepy, and any of these relationships are fucking suitable whatsoever. Yeah, when you think about it, this movie really is all about generally men abusing their positions of power. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lonely guy and, and I need to be, I need some company over yeah. Christmas. You, employee, you're coming with me to my home. Yeah. Girl who only speaks Portuguese and has never had a conversation with me. I'm coming to your place of work and ask, demanding that you marry me in front of your entire town. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And what's more, there's, a whole lot of fat shaming in this movie. <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at you, Miss Dunkin' Donuts 2003. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cool, so your next question, Machu. So uh, Rowan Atkinson plays a storekeeper who takes an unnecessary uh, long time to prepare a present for an impatient husband planning to cheat on his wife. Which person in this scenario is the the bigger arsehole? Oh, it's, come on, it's the guy cheating on his wife, isn't it? It's got to be, got to be. It's got to be, A. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's someone pretty... who's fire about his job, or someone who's about to slam the secretary who can't stop hitting on him. Like, yeah, I mean, that's it's pretty ballsy buying a present for your potential mistress when your wife's in the same department store. <laughs> I mean, you're blaming the you're blaming the store attendant. But he's <laughs> trying so hard. He Clearly, you haven't had blue his... balls before, Kahu. <laughs> he cares about his so you lose much. All he's trying so hard to get through this without letting her find out. Mm. Whereas the whereas the storekeeper in this scenario is trying so hard to piss off this guy. That's true. Yeah. So Karen, uh, the the wife of the cheating husband, is seriously disappointed in her gift when she realizes that she got a CD. What is the worst gift that you have received at Christmas? So. When I, when I was about oh, maybe seven or eight, I got, I got this real big present from my brother. And I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. It was about the size of a shoebox. And um, it was real heavy too. And I was like, so I, I opened it up and sure enough, it is a shoebox. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be some some cool sneakers or something. Open up the box and there's a couple of bricks and a tennis ball. And he thought it was hilarious. And I'm just going, bro, that's not cool. <laughs> I mean, tennis balls are cool. Like, not cool. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm going to go with kind of a weird day for me, really. It was it was my last day of work, and we did Secret Santa at work. And the Secret Santa presents came out, and everyone picked out one. And out of, like, the hundred-odd presents that were there, I was the only one that picked out shampoo. And being bald, <laughs> I was like, you're kidding. You're kidding. And then I was, like, trying to, like, oh, does anyone want to swap? And they're like, nah, nah. So then I went home, and then I was, like, sort of sitting at home. And we had a Secret Santa in our flat as well. And I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. So we did the Secret Santa, and then I got a shampoo and conditioner set. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. In no way has a bald man ever twice in one day been gifted shampoo. It's, Although, my it beard was, a, was looking great for you. Yeah, well, yeah. I was, was going to ask you that, seeing I'm a bit kind of facially hair challenged myself, and, and you've got a rather generous beard going on. Does that come in useful for, for getting the soft touch going on your facial hair? Yeah, I waste through heaps of Stacey's uh, very expensive shampoo. It's great. She keeps wondering where it's been going, and it's like, <laughs> well, clearly it's not my boyfriend using it because the he's is not going to use it. Don't have a beard; it still keeps going, and you know, and so does true, all the, true, yeah. so does all the wet wipes of the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the worst secrets. Oh, the worst present I ever got was we we did the same thing. It was a secret Santa, um, a secret Santa type scenario, and 
And we decided instead of one of the guys said, we're not going to give each other $5 presents this year. It's going to be $50. And this guy. And so and so when we pulled at the secret center, I got him as my secret center and he got me, but I, we didn't know this till the end. And as we, as I was looking for presents, I found a present. It was this um, roulette shot game. It was about $5. And I joked about getting it to, for him. Um, but then we sort of left it. And then when I opened my Secret Santa present, it was that fucking yeah. <laughs> roulette shot game. <laughs> and he was the one that said we had to spend $50 on it. And I spent $50 on him. <laughs> and I, to this day, I always remind them every time I see him. Cool. So on to your next question, Kahu. Uh, so, so at the end of this movie, um, and it's kind of the, I guess you'd call it the reunion of all the characters, um, all the kids are in the school nativity play. Uh, and some of the kids have lobsters, which sounds a bit ridiculous for the nativity play. Uh, so my question is, what's the strangest character you've ever had to be in a play or other event? Uh, well, in uh, Intermediate, we had this uh, play called The Valley of the Voodons, which was a big, big show that we did in the, the local... Um, the Valley of the what? The Valley of the Voodons. <laughs> it's like, um, it was all based around, there was two parts. There was like this sci-fi, um, futuristic um, type, civilization and and on one side and then there was all these aliens on the other side but the part i played and two of my friends played was surfers it turns out surfing's a popular sport throughout the galaxy wow who'd have known well, <laughs> and um our costumes were board shorts and that yeah. was it <laughs> everyone else got this huge alien outfit or these amazing you know futuristic civilization and we turned up um with some with some board shorts on and that was it turns out the play must have been suffering from a a bit of a budget cut at that point. Well, let me just say to you, Machu, at least you got a costume. <laughs> I, I, for a talent quest, me and a couple of mates did the Blink-182 What's My Age Again video. Uh, we It was like a lip sync or whatever, so we came out lip syncing to that with guitars over our penises and not much else. We both had little <laughs> white boots on and... We got booed off the stage. Everyone told me I was too fat and I shouldn't have my clothes off. It was great. <laughs> so bad that that Friday they had a playoff for, you know, all the best people. And then we, because I was organised, I was like, fuck you guys. And I came out right at the end and did it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next question is, uh, Sarah in the movie, who is character played by the excellent Laura Linney, has the bog standard Nokia ringtone on her phone. Given the number of issues that this character has, what ringtone do you think would be more appropriate for her? I think um, it's easy for me. She's psychotically obsessed with that guy, Carl, or whatever. So I'm thinking of that... When Carl. I think about you, I touch myself. Oh, 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 oh. I don't want anybody else. When I think about you, I touch myself. Yeah, I just thought she was a pretty depressing um, sort of character, actually. And um, the whole time, she's kind of. She just seems to me like a self harmer, and you know she Whoa. had a, she had a, she had a chance with Carl, and then she turned him down to hang out with her troublemaker brother. So I chose. I was thinking the the ringtone. Every time her brother rings, that song from Ollie Merz comes on. Troublemaker. Oh yeah, I'm a troublemaker, and it's quite. It's, I think there's a there's a line in that song that says, "I feel so good to hurt so bad," and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, I could see her singing that to herself over and over again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next question is, what's your theory on why Christmas movies are generally so terrible? 
I think for most guys, we aren't really that keen on the whole getting in touch with our emotions side. And a lot of these movies are very emotional and heartbreaking or romanticized or whatever. So, you know, when a movie like Bad Santa or a movie like Elf or a movie like Die Hard comes along, we're like, yeah, this is the tits. This is what Christmas is about. (laughs) (laughs) Getting real angry at a whole bunch of terrorists that invaded your home, invaded a building. It's fighting off terrorists. (laughs) Awesome. Wow! So yeah, much of a youth spent playing Die Hard trilogy on PlayStation. I, I had, I had a, yeah, I've got a similar kind of answer. Weirdly, that we, that was a weird twist when that answer came out, but uh, I've got a similar answer. I think so, I think Christmas movies are awesome. What about Harold and Kumar's um, Christmas adventure? Oh, I haven't that seen was that one. Awesome. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. That is awesome. Gremlins? Oh, that one. Gremlins, Gremlins is yeah. great. Gremlins? Yeah. I've seen some great Christmas movies. And actually, I've spent the morning watching Christmas movies, so I'm going to have to say I'm going to disagree with that being so terrible. Okay, so that takes me on to my next set of three questions. Now we've, we've already kind of talked about how the relationships in this movie are a bit weird and odd and unusual and kind of forceful by the male perspective. But uh, what do you guys reckon? Which relationship out of all of the eight relationships in this movie is clearly doomed? Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. I mean, he's he's going to get double tapped by the massive divorce settlement and the HR case waiting to happen. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought um, Colin Firth's relationship was the most doomed one. That was one. the unless, one I was thinking, you know, yeah. <laughs> unless he's going to be party to some four-way orgy that um, his wife is, or his partner's clearly keen on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Him and his mates, eh? <laughs> yeah. Bloody Portuguese people. I haven't met that many, but I didn't realise they all want to kiss you on the lips. I think Colin got that, that completely mistaken because the reason why he went out after her is because she kissed him on the lips, and he must. Yeah, have she thought, was just saying goodbye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turns out the whole town kissed him on the lips. Do yeah, they all yeah. like him too? Damn it! Learn Portuguese for no reason. <laughs> I've actually too. It's just Colin Firth running around town asking a whole bunch of Portuguese people to marry him. You kiss me, and it's awoken something inside of me. Do you want to so marry lonely. me? So lonely. So lonely. Uh, yeah, good answers there. Yeah, so we were talking about Chris Marshall earlier and he basically was saying to his mate that all he's got to do is go to America and at any point in time there's at least two or three really hot smoking American chicks in any bar that will want to sleep with him purely because he's English and he's got an English accent, a little bit of banter or whatever. Do you think American girls would swoon for a Kiwi accent? <laughs> Did you got to ask something else? <laughs> Don't sound very attractive to me, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jerry, <Jibbo>, what's up? <laughs> Want to be my old lady? <laughs> no, actually, um, yeah, I think American girls do swoon over over the Kiwi accent. That's Maybe yours, you can, bro. I struck out big that's, time in That's York. if you can convince them that you're from New Zealand and not from Mexico. <laughs> Being Maori and uh, with a slightly darker complexion, I seem to get a lot of... Um, a lot of Spanish people coming up to me and talking in Spanish before even attempting oh, English. You've got the and, Cliff Curtis syndrome as well. Yeah. Cliff Curtis plain nationality. So being Maori, you gotta, you've got really got to try hard to convince them that you're not actually Mexican. And if you can get past that, they kind of get hung up on the Australian accent. And if you yeah, can get past yeah. that, then, then that's that's where you're really in. It's, it's, a, it's quite a long conversation at this point, so I think the swooning part has missed its mark, maybe. But um, this sounds like a very long and busy night just to discover the girl's <laughs> yeah, yeah. boyfriend. <laughs> so the key takeout here is that you've got to put in the groundwork. Yeah, yeah. we've got to wear a New Zealand shirt that says you're not Mexican that's for sure. <laughs> or Australian, <laughs> yeah. or Cliff Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> 
cool. So, so yeah, as we talked about, Rick from Walking Dead winds up on Kira Knightley's doorstep with a whole bunch of giant placards declaring his undying love for uh, his best friend's wife. Now, how would you guys react? And I'm going to put me in this situation. How would you guys react if you were sitting at home thinking there's some carolers outside and then you looked out the window and I'm outside with some giant placards telling your wife how much I love her? <laughs> well, as long as you weren't Rick Grimes, I'd be pretty happy. But um, <laughs> you, you know how in the Middle Ages when people were storming a castle and the defenders would pour burning pitch on them? I have one of those at the ready for the aforementioned electricity salesman. <laughs> Probably why I have such big power bills. And maybe that's why they keep coming back. And to be honest, yeah, Sam. a cash cow. Yeah, yeah. As long as the cards are in the recycling, I'm all good. I'm very surprised, Kahu, that you wouldn't be yelling out the window, take her, take her, she's <laughs> <Yeah>. yours. <laughs> so on that note. <laughs> if I just so I, you I had, I'd be, I, I, to be honest, I'd be disappointed if Carol came back upstairs. Well, we were talking about this, actually, and Carol was said to me, you know, I you know, I would divorce you if you bought me a CD for Christmas. Ooh. And I said, I said, I haven't done my Christmas shopping yet, and I'm going straight to the music store. <laughs> Here you go, girl, Bahamid. Who, who let the dogs out? What, what was that CD again? Tony Styles? I, I don't really get it, but I need a, I need a copy. Oh, it'll be, it'll be, like his greatest hits, Carol. <laughs> Cool. So don't worry, guys. There's no way in hell I'm going to be making cards up. It sounds like way too much effort, really. So anyway, moves us on to much for your final set of three questions. All right. There are a lot of cliche happy endings in this movie. What plot is the most unlikely and what um, should have happened instead of those cliche endings? Oh, Colin Firth and the Portuguese girl. You know, at no point have they had a decent conversation with each other, no... Uh, no sane man would go to a town and propose to a woman in front of the entire town. The entire town would have thought he was fucking a weirdo and rang the cops on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's all just weird. I mean, he's like spent the whole year learning Portuguese or something, eh? <laughs> no, um, bro, it's, it's a month. That's all it's, he's... It's a month. It's oh, one right. month. I was, yeah. I was clearly so tuned out of the movie by that point. Um, I, I think the whole the whole Colin plotline is pretty implausible. For a start, if you had a bag full of condoms, I think you'd definitely get pulled up at customs. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like, it doesn't really paint American girls in very good light at all. Like, it's just like, oh yeah, I'll pull her back to England and. I'll pull her mate back as well, and here's my mate. Sweet, we're all sorted. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard you're really friendly. Like, Denise Richards just walked straight up to the guy yeah, and yeah. him. Like, like, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen, especially sure that- to a guy like Colin, yeah. who's been had head injuries in Bristol. <laughs> what, what I thought was weird was um, the Kira Knightley situation. Like, during the movie, her hus- she thinks her husband's best friend hates her, and it turns out he's actually, he's actually um, um, in love with her. And I think quite oh, often, I wouldn't say love. I'd say more psychotically stalking her. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I think this is one of those. In my, I'm just going to put it out there. I think this is one of those unrealistic female fantasies because it's always the best friend of the the partner always seems to they don't seem to have a very good relationship, mm. and so they all think that secretly the, the the best friend actually loves them, but in reality. They really do just hate them. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What's the next question? Oh, during the movie, uh, two porn stars take solace in their work by having a casual conversation whilst filming intense sex scenes. So, what are the what are your top three conversations that should just not take place whilst having sex? Did you see embarrassing bodies the other night? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, my name's Drew Peacock. What's yours? <laughs> 
Well, do you think that's common though? Because they have ridiculous names. Well, given the ridiculousness of this movie, it's probably quite common. Um, and do you know a good bed bug removal company? <laughs> I'm going to go with three of the most common things that you probably shouldn't talk about. First of all, politics. I think having a good discussion about how much Donald Trump's fucking up or which way the Labour Party is going to take New Zealand into the future. I don't think you should be talking about that while having sex. Second of all, probably uh, religion. How that person feels about the fact that you're in a new cult (laughs) (laughs) and whether they're happy with you planting the seed of what is going to be the new Christ inside of him. So you're in the KKK? Well, I'm a Jew. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, basically that one. eh? And then finally, probably if you start talking about what the exercise and eating regime is like. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you're like, hey, have you you know, heard of CrossFit? You can lose weight real like quickly and like join a new diet. And whoa, during whoa, sex, whoa! Wait, wait. During sex, um, going on. <laughs> oh, sh- do you know Spanky does CrossFit as well? Oh, come on! <laughs> I thought would be quite um, similar, and, and I, I had um, I had talking about your family, like, oh, your mum come over today, and <laughs> she's cooking us a roast dinner. What kind of you know? We, we <laughs> Run come over. In our house, come over. (laughs) (laughs) Your boobs. (laughs) Um, And then I thought, yeah, then ex partners. I think that's a pretty. That's a pretty. Oh, oh, my last girlfriend used to do this. And (laughs) (laughs) okay, okay, if you how many boys have you been with again? (laughs) And then um, probably pets. I think pets is another bad one to do. Radio. So during the movie, a young primary school boy explains that he's in love with a girl. How old were you when you fell in love? And what is love actually? And is love actually all around? See, dear listeners, if you're <laughs> counting along with that question, Machu's got to the point where he's like, well, I actually want to ask eight questions, so I'm going to try and jam three in at the end. I think I first fell in love with a girl when I was about seven or eight. I probably had about ten girlfriends by the time I was leaving primary school. It's tough to find you what any of that meant. <laughs> yeah. He's got calluses all over his hands. You yeah, can tell he had girlfriends. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is Love Actually? Love Actually is a movie that I watched on Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> is Love Actually all around? Well, it depends. Is anything really all around? If you look at the grand scale of the universe, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. This is a pretty deep question for a podcast. I'm going to say a very young 18 I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Oh, God, we're not singing that again, Co. <laughs> Is it all around? I don't know, probably. So that takes us to the end of our podcast. Uh, we have our final wallplay question, and then we're going to move into the trivia round. And so we've, we've talked a bit about how inappropriate some of the relationships are in this movie, but come on, guys. Who is the biggest creep in this movie? Oh, I'm going to say it has to be Rick Grimes. I, I don't know his character's name, so we'll just stick <laughs> with Rick Grimes. Don't forget he's got a video that he most likely would have kept forever if she, if uh, his best mate's wife hadn't come around and found it. What about you, Machu? Who do you reckon is the biggest creep? It's got to be me old namesake, Colin. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, it was a real movie um, that Colin wouldn't, wouldn't be going to America. He'd be going to Thailand. And yes, there's about 10 girls that want to sleep with him in every bar there. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, my also rans that you guys haven't mentioned is obviously Alan Rickman, who's, yeah, I mean, creeping out on a, one of his staff members. 
Uh, and another also ran is Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is also another creepy man. He's like about twenty years older than a junior member of staff. But wait, he's he got a, he got a he got a um, card that said "I'm into you." So he got uh, he, true. So yeah. it wasn't him that made the first move. And I mean, I've still got a couple of other also rans. There's also Liam Neeson's character who wants to have sex with Claudia Schiffer in his son's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool. That's not creepy enough. Let's also remember that he his wife has literally just died. In a space of a week, and a month later, Carol, who looks like Claudia Schiffer, has moved into his house. Like, yeah, they're yeah. in a full-time relationship <laughs> waiting for their son to come back. <laughs> but all that being said, I'm going to give it to Carl. Carl. Carl was the guy that Laura Linney's character was in love with at work, who was like, you know, didn't show any interest in her whatsoever till the Christmas party. And then they go home together they start to get it on, and then her brother rings, and he's like, oh, you know, that's cool, that's fine, you know, your brother's got problems, oh, sweet ass, you know, I completely understand, and then immediately proceeds to try and fuck her again. (laughs) (laughs) She's clearly depressed and upset, and he's just like, oh, yeah, that's too bad, but, you know, my balls are full, so we need to do something about this. (laughs) Okay, dear listeners, so now it's time for the trivia round. Stacey is going to ask us five questions, and what we're going to do, we'll ask Last time we buzzed in with god awful animal sounds and it all got a bit messy. So this time what we're going to do is Stacey's going to ask us five questions. After each question, we're going to write down our answer on the back of a page. Then we're going to flip them over to see who got it right. The person who gets the most questions right wins the trivia cup. A lovely, handmade, perfectly crafted, sculpted from gold, $6 toy from <laughs> from Dollarland or whatever they got it from. It's amazing. The current reigning champion is... The most amazing guy I've ever met. It's me. And he you absolutely cleaned up on the notebook round. Cleaned up a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a, he, he seemed to know a lot more knowledge about the movie The Notebook than any of us it's, ever it's thought. so depressing, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing that I should be hanging my hat on, but what we're going to do anyway is see who's going to know all about love, actually. And given that much, who's given us a movie of fucking 8,500, <laughs> I sort of think we're at a disadvantage here. But anyway, I'm going to hand it over to Stacey. You Take it away, Stacey. That, but, uh, Righto, I'm going to start off with a really easy one. I've heard you guys talk about it already today. What nationality is Aurelia? Portuguese. 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 Oh, I knew it was an easy one. Ooh, that's a tie. <laughs> Everyone got that one. So the winner for this answer is who gets the closest number. What was the worldwide box office takings for Love Actually? 120. 102. 68. Sam, you're the winner. It was $247 million. Yeah, yeah. Should have gone for the big one. I'm an accountant. I should have done better than that. Representative of you being tight. (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell would... Okay, heading into question three. Sam's on two. Everyone else is... So the word actually is said by many characters in this movie. How many times is this word <laughs> said by a character in the movie Love Actually? 42. I've got 100. I've got 27. Ah. Sam, you're the closest. It was 22. Oh, <laughs> sucker. Okay, guys, I heard you guys talking about this scene. I know you loved it and paid heaps of attention. Rowan Atkinson's character, Rufus, was gift-wrapping a gift in the department store. He put in a number of floral and herbal and spice items into the package. Name two of the four items. No idea. I specifically asked this question because I know you're all guys and you didn't pay any attention. (laughs) Okay. 
What if I have more than two? Can I only well, do two? Uh, no, well, actually, go for it. Whoever gets the highest gets the point. The, the, there's four items he puts in there. All right, guys, what have you got? I've got ribbon and rose petal. Ribbon? Ribbon is not a herb, flower or spice. Yeah, it goes on the Sam. outside. Sam's wrong. No. Sam's wrong. Wrong. I, I didn't have any idea whatsoever. <laughs> well, so what it wasn't roses. rose petals? Machu, what's your answer? I've got lavender, roses and the cinnamon sticks. So definitely the cinnamon oh, sticks. Oh, the cinnamon yeah. sticks. Oh, good answers. Kahu? I've got cinnamon and mistletoe. Oh, another shit. close answer. Okay, the, so the so Machu is actually the winner of this answer. Oh. The four items were roses, oh. lavender, cinnamon, oh, and I thought it was holly. Like it was the red. Um, I don't know if yeah. it was mistletoe. It was red. It does say holly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sam, you're wrong. It wasn't rose petals. It was actually roses. Ugh. So, Machu, you actually got three out of four. Well oh, done. Yeah. <laughs> Although, granted, he did only watch it an hour ago. <laughs> Kahu, how many items did I you get? I just got cinnamon. Yeah, just cinnamon. Another scene that you all love. Bill Nye, his character, is being interviewed on a um, TV show by Anton Deck. And they're, they're, it's for the top Christmas song. And it's against the band Blue. And so he is giving away a prize of a permanent marker and he demonstrates how you can write on glass with this by writing something on the poster of blue what four words did he write on the blue poster Mark, we have little prick you got two we Machu, have small... got one. Oh, sam what'd you say we have small pricks you've got one oh. it was we've got little pricks yes oh. <laughs> 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 We've based on the current standings, we've got Kahu with three points, Machu with three points, and the winner, Sam <laughs> Hurley, with massive four points. Yay! God, you're a dork. <laughs> yeah. It's not even it's not even a dork, eh? It's um, yeah. it's two girly movies and Thank Sam you. Claims, I, I take the Sam home. claims to not you know, know these a, movies. A lot of losers, obviously, <laughs> and they, they don't go too well, you know, losing, but oh, I'm very proud and very happy to for the second time in succession, the reigning champion from The Notebook and Love Actually, <laughs> yes. I present Sam Hurley. Oh, so is, is this dream come true? Do, 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 do. I'm being, uh, being, you know, played off. I've got to go. I'd like to thank my agent. I'd like to thank God, um, any God. Take a pick. I don't care. I'm not religious. Uh, what about what about Colin, the God of sex? Colin, the God of sex. I'd like to thank him. <laughs> but I will wrap it up by saying thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Twitter at uh, Movie Reviews In, and you can find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook forward slash uh, movies, reviews, and twenty Qs. Uh, Qs just Q S. Do I'm going to take this time to do a couple of shout outs to two other podcasts. Uh, first of all, there's the American podcast. Let's rewatch. I got contacted by them a couple of months ago. They're quite keen to have me on their podcast. I've listened to a few of theirs, and it's really good. They go back and look at a movie that they watched uh, quite some time ago and go over whether it's any good or not and how much they enjoyed it or don't. And the other one I've got to give a shout-out to is an Australian podcast called The Countdown Podcast. Um, I mean, God, if you can find our podcast, you can find either of these podcasts on you know, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, The Countdown Podcast is good. Uh, two Aussie guys that do a top ten of quite random things as well as taking time to review a movie. Uh, I don't often re- recommend podcasts, but I am going to give a massive shout out to these guys. They're pretty good. Uh, we've been in contact, and I'm going to be on this show 
soon at some point. Be good. Can't wait. Love listing as much as I love queuing. So yeah, that should be fun. But I've got to thank my two guys that have come on this. It's been good to come back after such a long time and have another crack at it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming and doing your favourite movie of all time, Machu. <laughs> Not a problem. Welcome to the new season, people. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around me. And so the feeling grows. (laughs) It's written in the wind. It's everywhere I go. So if you really love Christmas, come on and let it snow. Question mark. Just when you guys think you're about ready to laugh, just pull out. I've heard this before, but I just always get it wrong. I do, I do that every time. I pull in when I start laughing. <laughs> you, you see the silhouette, you don't even see it actually happening. Yeah, we're not talking about your stag do anymore, Sam. That was <laughs> yeah, a couple listen, of weeks ago. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining you. So, so do you have a girlfriend? Yeah. What's your name? Oh, um, Lance. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, 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 it's Murray. Oh, oh damn it. <laughs> I only love boys. Sam, Sam is the worst person to play <laughs> games. It's not my fault this sucks. Actually, if you watch any movie at Christmas, it becomes a Christmas movie. So when I watch Butt Sluts 9 every <laughs> <laughs> You say Butt Sluts 9 Butt is Sluts a Christmas one, movie? N- <laughs> one through nine, you mean? <laughs>